This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores, where don't forget about Mom for Mother's Day, also GLers. Don't forget to check out the Toro lawnmowers and make sure that you are ready once it stops snowing anyway. Also, come on in for everything Weber. They have every make and style and all the accessories that you need for a great grill adventure. Well, they bring you Garage Logic Podcast number 598. It was as high as 83 degrees back on this day in 1931, and it was as chilly as two back in 1962. I don't have any ice out dates because the mayor is out today, but I will tell you this, that Aquaside is here for all of you GLers. If you own a lake home or if you have a pond on your property, you got to call the good people at Aquaside. They've been helping people maintain nice lake shores for over 60 years. They have a complete line of lake and pond control products that will take care of anything from weeds to algae. When I'm out on my afternoon pontoon ride on Spoon Lake, I always know who uses Aquaside and who does not. Aquaside lakefronts are clean and free of weeds and muck. Their products are easy to use and begin working right away. Aquaside is registered with both the EPA and the DNR, and their products are completely safe for you, the fish, and your family. Don't let weeds overtake your lake or pond this summer. Call Aquaside today. They'll help you identify your weed problem and make sure that your place looks great all summer long. You can call them at 1-800-328-9350 or just go to Aquaside.com. And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the Newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your Flashlight King, Fireworks Commissioner, and Keeper of Common Sense, your Mayor, Joe Souchere. Well, unfortunately, the mayor is out today, but we're going to let the dum-dums take control of this Garage Logic podcast, and uh, let's go right to the phone lines. Channel 5's chief political reporter, Tom Hauser, is on the phone with us. Tom, will this be your 783rd consecutive Governor Walls press conference that you'll be attending virtually? I've, I've lost track, but that sounds about like the right number. Yeah, about 783. So you uh, just a few minutes ago uh, informed me that uh, he has to uh, extend his uh, executive power. Is that tomorrow? Is that accurate? Yeah, every 30 days he has to notify the legislature uh, and the executive council of all of the statewide office holders that uh, he plans to extend uh, the emergency powers. We have no reason to believe he will not extend those, and I believe the day he has to uh, notify the legislature and the executive council of that is on Wednesday. And, of course, that is always a time when the Republicans in the Senate uh, get up in arms uh, about the fact that it's time to start sharing some of the responsibility for uh, the COVID-19 response and other things, but I do not believe this will be the month that he is going to give them up. 
So then I should just monitor your Twitter account for all of those said reactions. Is that what I should probably do tomorrow? Yes. Okay. And we'll, you know, whether or not the, the Senate will even try to, they, they've kind of given up on trying to vote down the emergency powers because it takes both the House and the Senate to do that in order to end the emergency powers. And uh, the House is controlled by Democrats uh, from his party, and they are essentially doing uh, whatever the governor would like when it comes to the emergency powers, and they do believe that he should still have the power to act alone to respond to the changing crisis. Go ahead, Kenny. Tom, can we uh, move on to uh, the Brooklyn Center incident and uh, the press conference yesterday afternoon with the mayor and the police chief? Boy, that was uh, quite the bomb they dropped. Did you have any knowledge of that before the press conference? No, uh, that, that it, you mean in terms of what appears to be the, the mix-up on the taser or a handgun? Right, what they're calling yeah, accidental. I, I, I did I did not see that coming at all uh, i i had i mean i think we were all kind of stunned when we watched that that video as i recall uh, before they started showing it they didn't even set up here's what's going to happen it was like after the video they said the, the chief said i believe based on what i just saw and and the officer's reaction to it was that this was an accidental discharge and if I remember right, the police stated that the normally, if you're right-hand dom dominant, your firearm is on the right side of your belt and your taser is on the left side. Was that the case with this police officer? Do you know that? We do not know that yet, but I, I can't imagine that would not be the case. I would think when you're putting your uniform and your equipment on every day, that's just standard practice that your gun is holstered, uh, assuming she was right-handed, that her, her gun is on her right side and her, and her taser would be on the left side. And as all of us know, unless you're ambidextrous, you know, you, you automatically default, I'm right-handed, so I always default to my, to my right hand. Sure. Uh, you know, if it were a situation like that or, or anything, picking something up, uh, you know, lifting something, whatever, you tend to go to that dominant hand. So it's, it is somewhat baffling how this could happen. But again, usually we're not doing these things under a high-stress environment like this officer was. But on the other hand, she's a 26-year police veteran. Yeah, right. So it's, it's kind of surprising that that, that happened. Right. Uh, the scene, obviously, very confusing uh, from what we saw on the video. Uh, were you at, were you present for that press conference? I was not at that press conference because I was at the one that followed it about an hour and a half later with the governor, with the governor. And, and the mayors of Minneapolis and St. Paul and the public safety commissioner. But I did watch the other one, and a couple of things struck me about that. It was a completely uncontrolled news conference in terms okay thank of you there being as many community activists in there okay. asking questions and making comments and offering their opinions as there were yeah. journalists okay, I, I'm pretty sure there were more activists than journalists there. you were reading my mind Tom that's exactly where I was going I was shocked and I was going to go on this long rant uh, if those people actually refer to themselves as, as journalists but now it's come out that apparently what you just said was correct that there were activists in there 
and, uh, it, and it, I found. The, go ahead. The, well, the, the real sad commentary on journalism these days is that sometimes you can no longer tell the difference. Um, yeah. If I'm watching CNN, for instance, uh, very often I can't tell journalism from advocacy. And uh, same thing with, with Fox or MSNBC or, or any of them. And as you guys know, my, my stock and trade has always been, I just tell you what happened, and then you decide how you're going to react to it. And right. uh, sadly, there's just too many journalists who either ask questions that are loaded with an opinion or they uh, you know, offer their opinion after they see something on the air. I try my best to refrain from doing that. Okay, let's stay along the same line. Uh, Channel 5 covered the um, protesting that was going on last night after the curfew, uh, and I saw on social media a couple of uh, journalists got gassed um, from the Star Tribune. I don't know how I, I should feel about this. Part of, part of me says, well, don't do this to journalists, but then the other part of me says, well, you're putting yourselves in harm's way in order to cover the story. I admire that, but you're going to have, sh- shouldn't you expect fallout if you're at the scene covering it, that you might get a rubber bullet, you might get gassed? Uh, talk me through this, Tom. Absolutely. I mean, we, we are not, uh, we are not uh, super men and women. Uh, we, if you, if you put yourself on the front lines like that, there is always that risk. But our news director, Kirk Farner, makes it abundantly clear every day when these incidents come up. He, In fact, he sent out, I think, at least two emails to the whole newsroom uh, when this unrest, uh, renewed unrest started, that your personal safety is first and foremost. Mm-hmm. Uh, cover the story as best you can. But the moment you feel any threat to your safety or security, get out get away mm-hmm. nothing is worth your uh loss of an eye uh, loss of your life uh, any kind of physical harm to to get a story uh, i mean the story is going to unfold whether you're right in the middle of it or if you're covering it from the periphery and so we all know that going in and we, we are we are told do not take any unnecessary risks. Uh, Cover the story as best you can from as safe a distance as you can uh, whenever that's possible. And that has been our, well, as long as I've been at Channel 5, 28 years, uh, that's always been the case, that your personal safety comes first and foremost. To my knowledge, I don't know if any of our people uh, experienced any of that last night but I would not be at all surprised if some did at other outlets. Uh, Tom, I, uh, this is John. Uh, one of the things I love uh, about your Twitter account, and you brought this up about how you try to report the story, you are hated by both sides <laughs> of the aisle, which is wonderful. It's got to be exhausting. Tell me you're telling the story. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, is, it, it is remarkable how people can take the same tweet about whatever it is, and attack uh-huh. it from both sides, and and talk about how I'm I'm somebody's water boy, or I'm you know, <laughs> uh, you know, just you know, advocating for one side or the other, and it, it just it, it really is remarkable. And my favorite thing, what I used to always do uh, when I would, because I, w- I always get that by email too, even prior to Twitter existing, 
Sure. And my favorite thing to do was I have different folders in my email account <laughs> where I can save, you know, people who think I'm uh, a crazy Republican and then the people who think I'm a, a, a loony lefty Democrat. And then what I do is when somebody from the right sends me an email telling me what a lefty I am, I send them the email I got. And somebody reacting to the same story who said, what a crazy conservative I am. Hi, you should start and, doing that you, with are, your newscast. Sometimes the responses are are just hilarious. Like, the people will just laugh at it, and they'll go, yeah, I guess I see your point. And then others just don't respond because I think they, they realize that maybe they, they uh, over uh, overreacted to whatever the, the topic was. But So that predates Twitter. Twitter just puts it out <laughs> in the public sphere. Yeah. Right away, yeah. Uh, the last number I saw was about 40 arrested last night. Uh, do your numbers um, uh, represent that? And part two of the question, what do you expect going forward? What do you think is going to happen this evening? You know, last night was not as as, as bad as, as people had feared. And, you know, the hope is that tonight it will continue uh, to calm a little bit. But it's, it's always hard to predict these things because you don't know what external forces might be at play. Are there people who have been seeing this from afar who are going to come into town now and try to rabble-rouse and, and yeah. get the crowds ginned up again? Or are things going to start to settle down? It's, it's really impossible to predict. But I will say that the fact that the National Guard is already on the ground a 1,000 uh, soldiers were supposed to be uh, on scene between Minneapolis-St. Paul and Brooklyn Center by last night. Uh, that was not the case when the unrest started after the George Floyd uh, uh, situation. You remember it took a few days to get the National Guard in, so, yeah. so that does help as a deterrent. 40? Hey. Are we at 40 for arrested last night? I think that was the number that I had heard, and the, the night before that, I think it was 25 or, or 30, I think uh, Chief Arredondo said, and that was, that was just in Minneapolis. Uh, but I, I think I did hear 30 to 40 last night. So, Tom, okay. I want to go back to the press conference yesterday that you alluded to earlier, just for a quick moment, because I have a follow-up question, because I don't know the process of getting the credentials. I had mentioned on the show yesterday that Andy Mannix from the Star Tribune was tweeting out that the Star Tribune was not allowed access, which I found puzzling. Um, the reason I asked that is, do you think that that was in some way done by design? Because I have a follow-up to your answer here. You know, I don't, I don't know, because I, I know when I, the news conference that I went to uh, is at a, a super-secret location where Minneapolis police will do these types of news conferences where it is more uh, controlled, but you have to show, you know, a press credential, an ID and whatnot to get in the door. I don't know what the credentialing process if there even was one for uh, Brooklyn Center yesterday I know we did have a reporter uh, who was there I believe Ashley Zilka was in there yep. but I don't know what the, what the process was to get in but clearly it was more than just a, a, a news conference for the media because uh, there were 
community activists in there as well. And the reason I ask that is it broke last night that the mayor and city council of Brooklyn Center have made major changes after the shooting of Dante Wright. Mayor Mike Elliott announced last night that he has commandeered the city's police department thanks to the city council. The council also voted to fire city manager Kurt Bogany, who promised Monday that the officer involved in the shooting would be given due process, which I found shocking. Well, it was my understanding that the mayor fired him. Oh, it they was gave, the mayor. Okay. okay. They gave the mayor control of the police department. They voted to give him control. And then the first thing he did was fire the city manager. And it was my understanding that the reason he did that was because the city manager had, when when he was asked, I believe, I don't know if it was by a, a journalist or a activist, that uh, asked him whether or not the officer was going to be fired. And he said uh, she is... Um, she gets due process, and uh, so that pro- that process will play itself out. And apparently, that did not sit well with the mayor, and so he fired him. Now, you may recall the the police chief Tim Gannon said pretty much the same thing in that same news conference, and his fate may be hanging in the balance yet today. Wow. Sure. Well, Tom, we know that you're short on time. We appreciate you giving us a few moments and uh, enjoy that 749th Governor Walls press conference related to COVID-19. <laughs> and if the emergency powers are extended, there will be many more to come. Awesome. Thank you, Tommy. We'll see you on Channel 5 later today. Okay, guys. Thanks. There he goes. See you, Tom. Tom so, Hoser. Either are you two trying to think of questions and things that the mayor would say? Our mayor, not Joe really. Sucheray, not, the mayor? Not, not really. <laughs> not no, at all. No. My, my uh, mind doesn't actually, work like that. <laughs> I actually am, and I think one thing that Joe would mention would be the weather last night. Uh, it was rotten, and it was rainy. Cold. It was cold, and yeah. it was miserable. And I'm guessing Joe would say something along the lines of uh, the weather probably kept a lot of people at home. And if the weather is more cooperative tonight, we might see a change. Um, We did see a lot of looting throughout the city. I I don't know if I should say a lot of looting. We we saw, uh, what would you say, sporadic looting, John? Would that be a better term? Sporadic's a good term, yeah. Yeah, um, Lake Street. They tried to hit a few places along Lake Street. Um, I read about a place, uh, 54th and Lindale. Might have been a drugstore. Uh, and then, of course, the strip mall up in Brooklyn Center got hit, the dollar store or whatever yep. that's called. Um, but I'm guessing if the weather is any better tonight, we might see more of that sporadic looting. But, you know, like Tom said, you can't predict it. You, you just don't know. Do you also think, too, that um, the, the presence of the National Guard right away probably deterred a lot of those people from either coming up? Because I, I will say this. I left here uh, yesterday uh, about six, five thirty, six o'clock ish, and I saw at least half a dozen out-of-state license plates on my drive home. I think Chris, the presence of the National Guard might have encouraged the mostly law-abiding citizens, the peaceful protest type, to obey the curfew. Okay. Um, because I know there was kind of a closing ceremony up there uh, in Brooklyn Center at the scene as the curfew neared, and then a lot of people filed home and, and went home, and those were the peaceful types. And, and then, you know, the more brazen stayed out and caused some problems. Yeah. I do see uh, something that may affect that. Uh, Brianna Beersbach, who's with Star Tribune, is reporting that the governor says there will be no extension of the curfew tonight. 
Uh, he said he'll leave it up to local jurisdiction. So, I, you know, some may have uh, curfews tonight, some may not. I guess we'll find out in the coming hours. From yeah. each from each mayor, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good yeah. to know. Uh, well, f- well, how about I tell you guys? I got a great email here from uh, from Ken Hawkinson. He says, gentlemen, the wife and I were down in the Driftless region doing some fly fishing this weekend. Highly recommended, by the way. Saturday, we stopped into Harmony Spirits. Also highly recommended. Uh, spent a little time talking to Andy. He's a really nice guy. Gave us a nice tour of the facility. As a way of qualification, let me say there is a lot of mediocre liquor being distilled in the Twin Cities, and Harmony Spirits is exceptional. Their product is great. I really appreciate the gin myself. Fantastic cocktails were offered as well inside that beautiful tasting room. So let's get to the point. When are you guys going to get out there and do a live broadcast? Maybe a garage door opening. Uh, We must do something about this immediately. Immediately. Harumph. Thank you, Ken. Uh, Let me just put it this way. The mayor's been doing the show at home since, uh, what, last March? Yeah. I don't know when a live broadcast (laughs) is going to be happening anytime soon. But I will say this, uh, that would be a great spot to do a live GL broadcast because they have a a huge parking lot. But stop on in. Harmony Spirits is the official spirits of Garage Logic in Harmony, Minnesota. Uh, Also, check out their Twitter account. They've got some upcoming events on their website as well. But continue to go into your local liquor store and ask for the Harmony brand by name. They've been a great partner here in Garage Logic. Stop in at the tasting room just like Ken and his wife did and let them know you heard about it from the Dum Dums on the Garage Logic podcast. I have been a client of the Canopy Group for five years, and at my last renewal, they are still saving me money. Patrick Ricey here to talk to you about your home and auto insurance. How long have you been with your current insurance company? When was the last time your agent called you and said they could save you money and get you better coverage? This just happened to me. Truly, it did. Each year, the Canopy Group reviews my home and auto insurance with their 16 companies. This year, they saved me an additional $790. How? Because the Canopy Group is keeping an eye on my insurance needs and making sure I am always with the right insurance provider. Paying less and getting more is a concept I like. I can't promise that you'll save $791, but I can promise you they'll give you options. They'll even tell you if you should stay where you are with that company. Do what I did and contact them at thecanopygroup.com. That's thecanopygroup.com. Minnesota business people, do you feel like you're being appreciated? I'm Dean Dizek for the Sioux Falls Development Foundation. We've had lots of recent conversations with Minnesota executives about the advantages of doing business in Sioux Falls. One of the things they all agree about is their feeling that South Dakota is open for business. Sioux Falls has what your business needs to make a fresh start. Fewer taxes, less business regulation, and higher profits, along with build-ready sites and available buildings to get you up and running fast. Best of all, companies of all sizes make more money in Sioux Falls. We've got the details on our website at SiouxFallsDevelopment.com. In Sioux Falls, you'll discover a friendly pro-business attitude, along with a productive, growing workforce, no personal or corporate state income tax, low workers' comp rates, and a lot less red tape. You'll also discover short commutes, safe streets, and exceptional schools. Now is the right time to expand or relocate your business to Sioux Falls. Pay us a visit at SiouxFallsDevelopment.com. University of Garage Logic, 98, College of Self-Esteem, zip, nada, nothing. Here's Joe Suchere. Boy, this is a long, 
website address, but easy to remember, maplegrovelockandsafe.com, lockandsafe.com. And that's where you're going to meet Rich, the owner and proprietor of, uh, I just say, MGLNS. That's uh, that's what us <laughs> hipsters say, MGLNS. And that's where you'll also see the best safes ever made, the Liberty Safe made right here in America, fitting and filling customer needs that's Rich's deal, not just turning a buck. Uh, and you'll see him right there on his website, the front page, the service, the advice, and guidance from Rich. It'll take all the mystery out of the purchase process. You can get these things anywhere, but sometimes you don't know what you're buying. You might overbuy, you might underbuy, and that's why you need Rich there to take you through the process. When it comes to protecting our valuables, nothing keeps your items safe in the event of a fire better than Liberty Safe. You can hide it well, but what good does that do you when your house is burning down? Uh, so get on the internet, click over to Maple Grove Lock and Safe, and visit the Liberty Safe showroom. Uh, that's where you take the test, which safe is best for me. Just so happens I took the test, and uh, uh, turns out I need the most expensive safe ever made. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I'm going to trust Rich to talk me through the process, so I, hopefully I won't have to have uh, that safe. But you know what? Rich also carries other brands at uh, Maple Grove Lock and Safe, and he'll find the one for you, whether it's commercial residential, whatever it is. If you haven't had a chance yet, please log on to maplegrovelockandsafe.com or hell, stop in and say hi to Rich in Maple Grove. A couple of emails, gentlemen, uh, that I thought were pertinent for today's program. Uh, This one is from Kelsey. He says, Joe, uh, we were talking about the, the activists that were at the press conference yesterday. Joe, you should write down the names of these activists so we can track what those two do in the future. I will wager that they were establishing their community activist street cred for use in their future political careers. Don't forget, John Thompson started his political career by aggressively interrupting the Philando Castile press conferences and doing everything in his power to draw attention to himself. Oh, very good point, Kelsey. Yeah. Wow. That's, and that's a that's... frightening thought, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So that was just a, a mark on their resume. Yeah, <laughs> I could see that. Uh, this one from Downing. Frozen pop cans? Question mark. Uh, this was the Brooklyn Park police chief that was talking about this during the press conference yesterday. I was a little surprised you didn't comment on the report that so-called peaceful protesters, not rioters, threw frozen pop cans at the police in Brooklyn Center. You don't just happen to find frozen pop cans lying around. You have to plan well in advance, freeze the cans, and then bring them along. That's clear proof of premeditated intent to riot. That's from Downing. Do words matter? Does it does it matter? Or, or Maybe what I'm ask, actually asking, talk me off the ledge here. Uh, You're going to ask nothing... me to do that? <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess we're going to have to turn to John. Uh, nothing <laughs> irritates me more than when I hear the words unrest to describe what I call a riot or looting. I agree with you. Um, am I overthinking things here, John? You're the yeah, loony liberal I, I of the bunch. I, well, <laughs> that's uh, I fit in the Hauser's category there. Right. Some people call me liberal. Some call me conservative. Uh I I don't think you can. What's the difference? I guess in mind, you think unrest is a, a an okay word, a good word? Is that what you're? Why you don't like it? Yeah, it seems to me that it's painting rioting in a yeah with flowery language, a more glamorous light. Yeah, huh. I actually not as harsh. harsh. Not, yeah, not as can, harsh. I can see your point. Yes, certainly. Uh, what? Well, I don't know. Would would riding always say 
uh, say the Watts riots in the 60s. The yeah. Rioting has a bad connotation there still, right? I, yeah. I, I would think, even yeah. though <laughs> even though at that point it was uh, a situation that basically they felt they had no choice and so did a lot of other Americans. Well, John, I, let, I don't right. know. Let me ask it. Let me ask you this way. And I forgot to print out this email, so I apologize to the jailer that pointed this out. But t- talking about the the way that the mainstream media has covered this story, as an example, he he, he cited you know the way that they covered the insurrection back on January sixth. Now yeah. I'm talking the mainstream, you know, the CNNs of the world, sure. things like that, not locally yeah, here. Yeah. But the way yeah. that they covered that story in relation to the way that they're covering this story, which I found a little bit interesting. I've always hated that comparison. Okay. Because, and we've talked about this on the air before, you had American citizens attacking That's true. Yep. American elected officials in the capital of America. I, I think that's a whole different ballgame. That's I th- a good point. I think, nope, that's I think these people may be guilty of many crimes that are, are rioting now. Uh, but I think a lot of people on January 6th are guilty of much worse crimes like sedition, like treason. And I don't think that's a stretch to say that. Yeah. Yeah, just my opinion. Yep. No, yeah. that works for me, too. Uh, and I would differentiate between rioting and looting. Uh, I think a lot of what we saw spread out through the Twin Cities uh, last night that wasn't in Brooklyn Center was just straight out looting and exactly. thievery. And yeah. thievery. Um, yeah. Not a lot of rioting going on there. And I think that was fully evident back in May too. There was, yeah. you know, there it, it was just people. Hey, let's rush into the John, store, grab what we can. It was going on the next day on uh, Minnehaha on Lake Street. I was mm-hmm. down there in my truck driving through, filming all the carnage, and this was ten thirty in the morning. They were still going in and out of the smoke shop, the the tobacco yeah. shop. You know, the the one image or not one image, but some images from that one that still bugged me. Uh, people totally shameless. Oh, you know, yeah. yeah, no hey, question. Film, film me film me carrying out this, you know, whatever, television. I don't yeah. care. This is great. I'm taking this. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah, that's the part that really, really got me. <sighs> uh, Seems like we're living it all over again. Yes, it does. Uh, um, I got this email yesterday. Actually, Joe and I both received this email, and this one kind of hit close to home, and you guys are going to know why for obvious reasons. Uh, this person wishes to remain anonymous. Uh, Joe, I'm requesting that my name not be used for fear of knowing my name and location will be out there, but my almost 24-year-old son is in his second year as a law enforcement officer with the university police force in another state. I am very proud of him. First, in response to questioning the taser versus the gun, I asked my son that exact same question. He said that there are very, very, that they are very, very similar in feel and weight in a split second mistake can possibly be made. His department requires them to carry the taser on the non-dominant side. But now to my real comments. I am deeply saddened when I hear my son speak of giving up his lifelong dream of becoming a police officer. Excuse me. The dream started with his first matchbox car at the age of three. As a mom, I never wanted this to be this was his dream. He now speaks regularly of giving up his dream because he is in the most hated profession in the entire free world. He talks now of becoming a paramedic or a trucker. He loves to drive, so a trucker makes sense. But he then says, but I won't be helping people. The narrative must change. He is one of uh, many good young police officers that want to make a change, that want to do better, and that want to just help people. But he is one of those that we will lose. No one wants to automatically be hated or sworn at or yelled under a microscope or held under a microscope for every single word. 
There was no point to writing this other than to express my deep sadness at watching my child lose their dream and to thank you and your posse for their continued respect of law enforcement, trying hard to keep pushing back. Anonymous. Right uh, there, gentlemen. Right there. Let me address Anonymous. Um, don't encourage him not to quit no. or transfer to a different form of law enforcement, state patrol, troopers, etc. cetera. Uh, I have a cousin now approaching 50. He could have... Uh, actually, he's probably a little older than that. He could have retired a few years ago with full pension. And uh, he's out in Nevada, and he doesn't want to retire, and he's in a Vegas suburb, and he's happy. Uh, and he hasn't been shot at uh, or spent any time in jail. He hasn't been accused of malfeasance. It's a quiet community, and he loves helping people. And that's what I've noticed with a lot of law enforcement. Even up here uh, in Douglas County, you read the police blotter, and it's a, it's quite the thing reading the police blotter in the newspaper, um, because what I've noticed with both the Alexandria police and the Douglas County sheriffs, that's what they do. They help people. I, I mean, they truly help those in need, uh, mm -hmm. and, and some of them might be under the influence, uh, but all of them need help, and that's, that's what we need. That's why we call them sheepdogs. I mean, they're there for us, and uh, it, it's got to be tough. I, I certainly wouldn't have the patience to do it or even want to do it, but, boy, we need them now more than ever. And if anything, if he's in, a, in an inner city, move to uh, outer suburbs or a small town or a different form of law enforcement, even uh, a KCAR or what we call um, DNR officers, um, mm -hmm. uh, you know, because we need them all. That's, that's what I'd say. And this, I'm glad she brought up the taser thing because I actually have that piece from the Star Tribune today, and she pretty much said everything that I had highlighted. Uh, these tasers, evidently, the handgun-shaped tasers were introduced in 1999. They've undergone a few changes, but they're also handgun-shaped and a little heavier than uh, your standard, like Glock, uh, standard department-issued Glock. Um and they have a little different grips. But, guys, think about all the training that that yep. lady, that, that police officer has had in her career, and she still made that mistake. Well, and we found out, too, that she it, during that traffic stop, wasn't she training in a rookie? She was. Yeah. And she even shouted out, taser, 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 three times, mm -hmm. which is alerting the officer. And uh, in this case, it would have been the suspect that he's about to get tasered. And she still made the mistake. And the reason I want to highlight that is for those of us that have permits to carry, and we think we're ready to defend ourselves or our families with a Glock 9mm, or in my case, a forty cal, which is a smaller uh, chassis, smaller firearm. And, you know, I don't have anywhere close to the amount of hours of training that police officers do. And I think I'm going to defend myself. Well, you know what that tells me? Leave the Glock in the safe at home because I don't have a chance. MapleGrowBlockAndSafe.com. If, if you can take a 26-year-old veteran who's had thousands of hours on the range and training, et cetera, et cetera, and she still makes that mistake. And I'm not blaming for her or criticizing her for it. What do we think we're doing, walking around right. armed? Do we, we really think we're going to defend ourselves? I, I know it, it questions 
it question it it makes me question myself mostly. So I want to touch back on the you know the the Joe Sushre rule. We got to wait forty eight hours until we learn more information. One of the things that stood out to me when I was rewatching the the body cam footage last night after I got home is number one, just how quickly everything escalated in a matter of seconds. Right? It it basically went from zero to sixty in in a matter of seconds. But the other thing that stood out right. to me, Kenny, and again. I'm just the son of a cop, so I have no idea what procedure is or anything else. But the other thing I, I was wondering is when they asked him, they were a little hostile when they asked him to get out of the car, which is, okay, that's fine, but they didn't shut the door. Yeah, They didn't shut the door, so that then allowed him to get back into the vehicle. And I don't know yeah, if I, that is procedure, but that's just one thing that stood up. I went, why didn't they shut the door? Before he tried, you know, yeah. so that, that, that he wouldn't be allowed to attempt to get back. I mean, he could have fled on foot or whatever, but uh, they had already had his in info. But I, that's, I guess, one thing that really stood out to me. All of my questions are on procedure, and uh, I don't know enough about procedure to even voice those questions out loud. I don't know what mistakes were made. I, I see things that I think, hmm, like you, that that's a little different. Um, but... It comes down to it. The guy decided to try to flee. Yeah, he decided to make a break for it. Where did, where did he think he was going to go? Yeah, they had his info. They would have got up, got him. Today. I'm not gonna. I, yeah. I, it's it's pretty. It's not classy to sit here and blame, blame the recently deceased. And no. I certainly don't want to go down that road um, because we have seen in the last 24 hours a lot of things about this young man, um, but. Um, I think the re like the Reverend Tim said, mistakes might have been made on both sides. Yeah. Oh no, no question, no question. You know. But I guess the other thing I wanted to mention after I read this email, um, I had a pretty lengthy chat with a, a good friend of mine who is, who was basically on his way to deal with the situation last night. He's been in law enforcement for at least twenty years. I've known this sure. guy since grade school. All right. Um, yeah. And he's he's legit. He's he's one of the good ones. All right, and just hearing the frustration in his voice, and he basically echoed everything that this that this anonymous person wrote about her son, where he says, you know, this morning I had to say goodbye to my wife and kids, and all three of them were crying. It's like, you know, you don't think about that stuff. And I, and I exchanged a story about you know when I was young, and my dad. I mean, it, I've I've told this many times. I mean. It was night and day when he would have his seven days on, six days on, whatever it was. He was a completely different person when he was on duty and when he was a completely different person when he was off duty. And I don't blame him for that. But I'm saying that was stress in the 80s and the 90s. I can't even imagine what these guys and gals have to go through on a daily basis today. The amount of post-traumatic stress that they carry around with them on a daily basis just from seeing the things they see on a daily basis. Like I've told you guys many, many times, I had to stop listening to the Minneapolis scanner because it was just one awful call after another. And I'd sit here shouting back at the scanner, don't go, just tell them, no, I'm not going there. Right. You, know, you know, and it's awful, awful things, little kids calling about what's happening with their parents. It's just, it's, it's tough, man. Mm -hmm. uh, and... God bless those that want to be sheepdogs. I don't know how you do it. And I, that's the other thing I wanted to mention, Kenny, because, you know, in our conversation, you know, obviously we were being very candid with each other about a lot of different things in regards to both this story and other stories and basically the state of the metro area right now. 
But there was one thing that he said to me that really st- stuck out, and it was that there was a, and I, I don't think he'd mind me sharing this, but that there was a senior officer that's just a couple, because we're the same age, that's just a couple years older than us, who just said, bleep it. Uh, he bought a cabin up north and said, see ya, I'm out. And, you know, he still did, he still had many years to give, many good years to give, and I'm, I'm seriously worried. I mean, we've already seen, this was before yesterday, we've already seen recruitment numbers down all across the country for good service men and women that just don't want to deal with this. And I'm really, really fearful of where we're going to be at in five to ten years. Yeah, well, and there's a high rate of suicide there, too, for police officers yep. and, believe it or not, farmers <laughs> for a whole and different set of reasons. The unfortunate part about what you say, Chris, is right now we would want the better candidates to apply oh, yeah. to be cops and not make the ranks, you know, you know what I'm saying. Well, and it's it goes back to something I said yesterday on the show. This whole desire and thirst for diversity, while it sounds great in theory, what's happening is you are getting unqualified candidates that are passing through the ranks that otherwise probably wouldn't get hired by departments. That's that's just a fact. And there are too many people that are too fearful of going public with that that are in law enforcement because they don't want to get blackballed. They don't want to be ostracized. But, you know, that's that's a shame. Is that the result of a quest, a quest for diversity? Yes. Or is it just um, a result that people don't want to be cops anymore? I think it's both, Kenny. But but this started with the 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 whole notion and the desire of more diversity. We need more diversity. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't have you know multi. Uh, what's the word I want? People from all different types of backgrounds. That's that is a good thing. You know you. You're going to be able to relate to people much differently. Um, yeah. But there was one thing. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, that's what I like about the Minnesota State Patrol. They heavily recruit, um, and they have been doing a recruiting process here. And uh, basically, all they ask for is a college degree. You don't even have to have a background in law enforcement. If you do have a background in law enforcement, you're still going to have to undergo their training. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Well, and, and that's what makes their uh, their legions diversified. So I asked him two other uh, another thing about you know that's the, this story in Brooklyn Center specifically, and, and said, is it possible that this was a mistake? And he's without even hesitating said one hundred percent yes that he believes it wasn't it, it was a genuine mistake. Oh, she was shook right away. Right. She was yeah. shook. Oh, oh, s word. I shot him. And yeah. The other thing that stood out to me, and it, he said, Reeves, I'll put it to you this way. There are people that should be cops, and there are people that should call the cops. And I thought, wow, is that a great statement, you know? Yeah. And unfortunately, yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. All right, well, on that uplifting note, um, <laughs> anything else, John, that you want to throw in here? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm good, thanks. I, I would want to throw in something. Um, I was down in the Twin Cities last week, and you guys are at least two weeks ahead of us weather-wise. Okay. And I forgot that living up here because when I left on uh, what day I was down there? Uh, Tuesday. Monday, Tuesday. Yep. It was brown and skanky up here. And I got down there, and not only were the, was the grass green, but trees are budding already. Oh, yeah. And then I drove by my former place in South Minneapolis. I was in the neighborhood, and my lawn sitting there on the south side, already winning the best yard <laughs> on the block contest. And pro turf, 
and ProfessionalTurf.com, they haven't been there since last fall. Wow. That's how good Pro Turf is. I'm already winning. I should have tipped off the new owners uh, to what the secret is, but I'm going to let them discover that on their own. Plus, I don't want to talk to them. Uh, but, GLers, you got to log on to the website if you remember it. It's really easy, professionalturf.com, and that's how you schedule that free no-obligation estimate where a pro turf pro is going to come out, walk your lawn, do it the old way, the way we used to do it when I was a kid, uh, scratch his or her chin, and then come up with a, a design and application treatment. It's going to be anywhere from three to four treatments throughout the summer that not only gets rid of the weeds, but it keeps your yard thick and luscious until the snow flies again. All you have to do is, uh, well, you have to water, and then you have to mow a lot. Uh, these applications are safe for you, the family, pets, everybody. And uh, we're all signed up here. Well, I guess I'm the only one not signed up. but yeah, Everyone uh, but have, the spokesperson for yeah. ProTurf. <laughs> and uh, from what I've been hearing talking to Dave at, at ProTurf, half the uh, listening GL audience are also signed up. They're very busy. Uh, it's more popular than a COVID shot right now, and it's the best thing you can do for the health of your lawn and the health of your brain, professionalturf.com. Let's take a quick minute and talk about our friends at Schmelz Countryside Volkswagen. Well, they are one of the last Twin Cities truly family-owned dealers. A lot of people think that their local dealer name is still run by the same family that used to run it 20 or 30 years ago. The truth is that now, more than ever, regional and national conglomerates, well, they own these dealerships. The only way Schmelz Countryside can compete with these huge companies is by providing excellent customer service and maintaining the relationships that they've had for the past 50 plus years. Schmelz Countryside knows this and continues to provide an exceptional and personal experience focused on long-term vehicle solutions for their valued customers. Now, take advantage of the Volkswagen Sign and Drive SUV event and also 0% interest for 72 months on all SUVs. Also, uh, through the month of April, you can check out the special tire event where you pay for three tires and you get one free. This applies to most makes, models, and sizes. Conveniently located 10 minutes east of Minneapolis and 5 minutes north of St. Paul. It's Schmelz Countryside Volkswagen at the corner of Highway 61 and Highway 36 in Maplewood. It's up in DK Mags is open on Old 8 in New Brighton. DK Mags, the place by which all other shops are measured there. Also all over the web at dkmags.com. Have a very nifty YouTube page demonstrating the latest and greatest. And guess what? They also own Monticello Pawn and Gun up in Cello. That means when you go in there, you end up owning something cool that you didn't even know you needed. I love that. When you stop in, you're going to be treated to a fine selection of firearms of all types, new and used and available to order, a wide variety of accessories, and a staff that cannot be beat. Always happy to answer questions, help with orders, set your mind straight, and send you home happy. And because they deserve it, law enforcement, first responders, current military and veterans, they all get an additional discount. Monticello Pond and Gun and DKMags.com. Gun shops run by GLers for GLers. This is Reavers once again for Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold. And Josh has a very basic question for you. Do you know what you own? You see, Mr. Money Talk's clients, and that's Josh Arnold, by the way, they always know what they own. He has found out that most people that he meets with every single day, they have no idea. Josh has seen retirement portfolios that have a big percentage in bonds, and there are real instances of people that are paying more in commissions and fees than they can possibly make on the rate of return that these bonds currently 
currently yield. Josh begs of you, know what you own. You see, trust is often overused, and it's even harder to find. Take it from me that you can trust Josh. Give him a call today for that free 48-minute financial consultation with absolutely zero obligation. Call him at 952-925-5608. Once again, that's 952-925-5608 for Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold. John! Microphone over. <laughs> it's getting wild in the Hyde household. <laughs> Let's wrap this up, huh? <laughs> That was awesome. That was awesome. Uh, How old is Dylan now? He's got to be around 24, 25. Dylan is uh, 25. He's 25? How old are you? Yeah, he's 25. uh, I don't want to tell Dylan how to live, but uh, at least for our purposes here on GL, I want him to come out of the closet because we're sitting here (laughs) watching, as Joe would say, we're watching the TV, uh, we're watching the video monitor, and we can only see you. We can't see Dylan. (laughs) He's hiding in the doorway. That's exactly where he's at. He's sitting on the steps in the doorway when he plays. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Gentlemen, I heard from Such here in the last couple of minutes. Oh, yeah. uh, He uh, sent me a text that I don't think he meant it to be funny, but it is kind of funny. But we'll get to that in a second. First, I want to talk about... Uh, Moon Motorsports, Minnesota's industry professionals, they're fiercely dedicated to the power sports riding and ownership experience. They're located less than 30 miles from the metro. If you haven't been to Moon yet, you've got to stop in right now. Discover the craziest selection of power sports machines around and finally see for yourself why we here at GL keep saying they are the enthusiast dealer of choice, our choice. And because of this wide selection and size, Moon Motorsports, they're going to be able to locate some of those hard-to-find side-by-sides and ATVs that you've been looking for. Uh, So first, check out the selection on the web, moonmotorsports.com. But don't let that slow you down. If you don't see something you don't like, call or go into Moon and ask them because they can get on the phone and call their people and call around the state and find something for you. This happens all the time. And don't miss out on the biggest power sports party of the year. It's the Moon Motorsports Open House and Tent Sale. It's coming Friday and Saturday, May 7th and 8th. That's where we're going to get store-wide savings and everything we need to fuel our rides this summer. Moon Motorsports, Honda, Polaris, Can-Am, BMW, Triumph, Ducati, KTM, Yamaha, Skidoo, and everything else. They're located on the south side of 94 in Monticello and on the web at moonmotorsports.com. So... I was kind of 
bitching off the air. No. Talking about how uh, I don't I don't like doing this without Suchi Boy, right? Right. Well, none of no, us do. Yeah, of course. Because Joe uh, GLers, in case you haven't noticed, Such is not normal. He's he's a guy. <laughs> I'll he's say. A, he's one of us. He can hang in the garage, but there's something in his brain that he doesn't think that like the rest of us, and that's why he's so good at what he does. So he's responding to a story I sent him yesterday about doesn't matter what the story was. Uh, but today at 11.59, I'd ex- from Joe, I'd explore the idea that curfews are going to become the new masks. Waltz has a new tool. Well, uh, this just into the newsroom. At, at, yeah, that won't happen at the moment anyway because <laughs> we found out, and uh, I think I mentioned it earlier also, uh, it's being reported that there will be, he has said, the governor, uh, no curfews tonight. Uh, unless local areas do their own. So in other words, the mayor of Minneapolis could have his own, uh, but there'll be nothing from his office saying the metro will have a curfew. So, Do you think Joe was wrong there? Because I could see that going through the governor's mind and using that. And, and uh, frankly, I'm more interested in, in why there isn't a curfew tonight. I'm kind of puzzled than, by that too, yeah. Than why there would be you know what i, I would mean? i was puzzled also when i saw it and the fact that it came so early in the day uh that you know he decided by well, 10 o'clock in the morning basically I, I, so th- th- go ahead kenny that's where we're at then guys that we're surprised that we're not being suppressed that's where we're at <laughs> mentally right now in at least in oh, this state that's a that we point We've perfectly ex- expected to be told how to live our lives and what to do and how they're going to suppress us once again. And when they don't do it, we're shocked. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Well, and the other thing is, too, I mean, Brooklyn Center would almost have to issue their own, don't you think? Because they're the. I, I would assume. Yes. I, I would think so, but, you know, I don't know. Um, and, and so. And I, I wish I had an answer for this. So last night, if I would have been driving through the Twin Cities on 94, say I'm going from St. Cloud to Hudson, just going right through the city, 94, not 694, not 494, could I have, in theory, been pulled over for violating the curfew while driving on the freeway? I think so, yes. Yeah, Although there were there were provisions where if you were driving to or from work, you're okay, uh, you know. So oh, I got a secret girlfriend. I got a secret girlfriend. I'm just heading out from the bar, Hudson. officer. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that would work. <laughs> well, that's that's no way to live. Well, I, I mean, Such is right. That, that's, that's no way to... That, we can't do it that way. Do you think that they got pushback from... And I know that there's not that many people attending the sporting events, but did they get some type of pushback from other people that were either hit? Because I know that there was also a holiday, a, um, wasn't there a, a, a holiday last night that people were up in arms about? Um, uh, yes, with the Muslim faith. Thank you. Ramadan. Yeah. Ramadan. Ramadan. Thank yeah. you. Thank yes. you. Thank you. Yes. Because I know people yeah. were up in arms about that, that they weren't going to be able to celebrate or, or well, however, I, I, you know. I, of course, am going to take the contrarian view here and say it's a pretty much making a a, a mole, no, what, what is it? A, a mountain out of a mole, mole hill. Thank, thank you, mountain out of a mole hill. I think, you know, the curfew uh, yesterday he thought was something he should do, and now it, he thinks it's not. I don't think he's sitting there going, oh, yes, I can become the evil tyrant. 
and have them all but stay don't indoors. don't wait though because oh, tomorrow he's going to extend his executive powers john <laughs> Right. Well, he no, already John. did. Yeah, he did that today. Oh, he's, he did already. He did already. Yeah, he, today. he's already asking for oh, me. Oh, that's, that's you, good. You couldn't, you couldn't be more wrong about this <laughs> governor, John. Oh my word! I'm sure uh, I get plenty of feedback on this. Well, as Hauser pointed out, you got to so. start that inbox of both the people that there hate you, you from the left and the people that hate yeah. you from the right. You know. <laughs> well, since we have the spotlights pointed at you, Johnny, uh, you want to do a little news? I can, and in fact, we have breaking news. By the way, uh, this update brought to you by ProfessionalTurf.com. The officer, Kim Potter, uh, the Brooklyn Center officer involved in this uh, shooting, has resigned from her position effective immediately. The Bureau of Criminal Apprehension identified Potter as the officer who shot and killed 20-year-old Dante Wright in Brooklyn Center Sunday. A release from the Law Enforcement Labor Services, which reports itself as Minnesota's largest public safety labor union, specializing in representing over 6,400 members throughout the state, said Potter had submitted her resignation letter to city staff. The letter says... Uh, Dear Mayor Elliott, Mr. Edwards, and Chief Gannon, I am tendering my resignation from the Brooklyn Center Police Department effective immediately. I've loved every minute of being a police officer and serving this community to the best of my ability, but I believe it is in the best interest of the community, the department, and my fellow officers if I resign immediately. Sincerely, Officer Kim Potter. Uh, Channel 5 reporting a news conference is coming up Tuesday afternoon in Brooklyn Center. It does not say who's holding it. I'm assuming that will be the mayor. Of Brooklyn right. Center. Well, yeah, just he's fired assumption. everybody else, so who else would be doing it? That's just my assumption. I Actually, uh, Tom said he fired the city manager. I don't believe that's exactly correct. I believe it was the city council. Because that's what I read, that it was the city council, not the yeah. mayor. <clears throat> yeah, a three to two vote, I, I thought, I read, by the city council, uh, that they the, the uh, mayor's office was given command authority with the city manager being fired by the city council. John, did you also have the piece, um, I read this this morning and I just found it again, that the same officer, Kim Potter, uh, she was also involved in a police uh, shooting in 2019 in which officers shot and killed Kobe Damak Heisler after he rushed officers with a knife, according to the report. Potter, who was one of the first officers on the scene, reportedly told the two, the other two responding officers to, quote, exit the residence, get into separate squad cars, turn off their body-worn cameras, and to not talk to each other, an investigative report from the Hennepin County Attorney's Office said. There well, have been six civilians um, killed since 2012 um, by Brooklyn Center police officers, four of which were black. I do believe uh, the situation you talked about in 2019, that's standard procedure, isn't it, to separate the officers? Yes, I'm, yes, yes, exactly. yes, yes yeah, that's not anything bad. That's yeah. that's what should have been done, I, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but yes, uh, I, I did see that in the paper. Yeah. Well, if you're the praying type, both uh, the family, the right family, and uh, Kim and her family could, could use a little... Uh, you know, a yeah. couple of extra words there, if that's your deal. Well, there is, and Chris, you said this yesterday, I listened to the show. There's, I mean, this is just, the whole situation is, it's horrible mm-hmm. for everyone involved. Everybody. It's, it's not, there's nothing good about this situation. No. Nope. Whatsoever. It uh, was it's just, yeah. John, wasn't it just so shocking? Uh, we were on the air when the press conference uh, was, was on, and I muted my microphone. I had the volume out on the TV. I couldn't believe what I was hearing. Mm-hmm. That is not mm-hmm. what anybody expected. Well, and that's why we took a break seven minutes in because we were all in shock. Yeah, you know, yeah. it was. Uh, yeah. 
Uh, 40 arrests, as you said, Kenny, uh, made last night in protest. Protest and gathering occurred in Brooklyn Center Monday night, both at the location where Wright was shot and at the Brooklyn Center Police Department. According to Colonel Matt Langer with the State Patrol, the arrests varied from curfew violations to rioting. Uh, very cool, by the way. Did you guys watch anything last night? Any of the proceedings? I, I really tried not to, uh, but yeah, after 10 o'clock I was watching. Yeah. The... Uh, the movement of the officers, I, I mean, it was just so, it was perfect. Just the way they marched everybody basically out of there and said, see ya. You know, and nobody, at that point, nobody's going to fight with the officers, mm-hmm. I don't think. They get right. themselves in trouble, but. Uh, yeah. In other news, prosecutors trying former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin and George Floyd's death called their last witnesses Monday, including one of Floyd's younger brothers. Prosecutors this morning rested their case after 11 days of testimony. The defense then started their case. The defense could finish its case by Thursday, according to the judge. Uh, He said if that happens, the court would likely take Friday off and resume next Monday with closing arguments from both sides. Jurors will be sequestered for deliberations. Don't you think uh, that would be in the best interest to not have a resolution this week? Yeah, and there won't be it next week at the earliest. So, yeah. Let's wait yeah. maybe even a couple more after that. I Yeah. Definitely. Uh, one more, uh, have you guys seen the Virginia story? Um, <laughs> yep. Yes, yes. The, the attorney general there now is asking a, a police department to release personnel records to officers accused of pepper spraying and pointing their guns at a black army lieutenant during a traffic stop. Mark Herring's office said in a statement Monday he is deeply concerned about the traffic stop, thinks the officer's conduct was dangerous, unnecessary, unacceptable, and avoidable. Herring's office is asking the Windsor Police Department to release records involving use of force over the past 10 years. Herring's request is the latest development arising from a federal lawsuit filed by U.S. Army 2nd Lieutenant Caron Nazario against the officers. Videos of the December incident have drawn national attention in recent days, prompted Governor Ralph Northam to request an investigation. Nazario, who is black and Latino, was not charged with any crime after the traffic stop, according to the lawsuit. I have I have so many questions, John, in regards to this, so I hope you have the answers for them. But number one, oh why did it why did it take so long? Because uh, this happened in early December, correct? Well, they're well, saying because the video wasn't made public until now. Yeah, and he That's didn't. The rumor. He, when he filed the lawsuit is when they okay. had to make so, the video. So public. here's the other part, and I know you know we, we we basically have been spending the whole the whole show defending cops, and rightfully so. But in this in this case, these two chumbalones, the guy was in army fatigues when they pulled him over. But do, he was in uniform, uh, for God's sake. And that's my rush to judgment too. What what do we not know? What do we not know here? What led to the traffic stop in the first place? What led to it was they said he had no tabs. It was a brand new car, and it had the the paper thing St- in the back window. in the back. Yeah. yeah. But they said since it had no tabs, they pulled him over. And did he have a firearm visible? Did he Not, make any moves? No. What led to this confrontation? Uh, he he drove to, and this this struck me weird too. Uh, he drove an extra what, mile, mile and a half, to get to a lighted gas station. And the police report said this is very common with people of color. They don't want to be stopped by the police on a dark highway. That was in the police report. And he didn't speed wow. or anything. He didn't speed or anything. He just drove normal into the where he'd be in a lighted area. Uh, so, and then they came out uh, with the guns and 
well, not the guns yet, but they told him to get out of the car and he didn't right away. And then they pulled their guns and it just escalated from there into, you know, the shouting match. You've heard the shouting match. That Unbelievable. So, yeah, one one officer, by the way, has already been uh, fired in that case. If you've seen the video, it's the fellow who keeps yelling at him and threatening him, which, <laughs> you know, probably right. wasn't a good idea on his part. Uh, well, again, I'm going to use the same fired. line. There are some people that should be cops and there are some people that should call the cops. No. Yeah. Yeah. Pope Francis is asking a bishop in Minnesota to resign after he was investigated by the Vatican for allegedly interfering with past investigations into clergy sexual abuse. The Vatican said Francis accepted the resignation of Crookston Bishop Michael Hepner on Tuesday and named a temporary replacement to run the diocese. The Roman Catholic Diocese of Crookston said in a statement the pontiff asked Hepner to resign following the Vatican probe, which it said arose from reports that the bishop had at times failed to observe the applicable norms when presented with with allegations of sexual abuse involving clergy. Is it just me, or is that unusual for it to go all the way to the top? I mean, he's the guy in the hat. Doesn't <laughs> one of the... And I wish I knew enough about the Catholic Church to name the office that should take care of this, but shouldn't that be somebody else? Doesn't he have people for that? Well, it, it did go to uh, the fella here, uh, Hebda, Archbishop Bernard Hebda, yeah. Uh, he he conducted the preliminary investigation. Uh, then he announced that the Pope had authorized a more in-depth probe, and that's how it ended up with the Pope. Uh, the Pope. So, so we go locally here from the biggest big shot in Minnesota right to the Pope. Apparently, yeah, I, I guess. Huh. I guess that's the chain of command oh. in the Catholic yeah, Church. Uh, your Catholic Church confuses this Protestant. <laughs> he, uh, I'm... Uh, I'm uh, yeah, okay. Anyway. Excel Energy proposing a plan to build Minnesota's largest solar energy project. The announcement Tuesday morning said the project would be built starting in 2022 with the goal of being done by 2024. It would uh, produce enough energy to power 100,000 homes each year, according to Excel. The company said the project would be built near the Sherco power plant in Becker. It would share existing transmission infrastructure at the Sherco plant, helping to help uh, helping to keep costs low enough to make it one of the lowest cost solar energy projects in Minnesota. I do a lot of uh, driving uh, across the state. Yeah. And yeah. uh, still, still to this day. And yeah. I cannot believe, and especially on my journey to and from the great state of California, I saw yeah. solar plants everywhere. Wyoming, Colorado, so, they're what do you all think you over saw, the place. What did you see more of, solar or wind? Oh, solar, not no question. No oh, question. Really? Oh, yeah, no question. And then the, I'd say that's a recent development in the last five years. Yeah, though. these all looked like they were built within the last couple of years. I mean, they all, yeah. they, most of them did. It was, it, I, a, honestly, I was shocked by that. Brand new solar farm by St. Cloud on both sides of 94 by Rockville. Uh, and they spent a lot of money there leveling land and making it right and then putting in all these units. But they go right into the power grid, or do they not, or into a transformer? Yes, because the way I understand it... I wish I knew it, more. I, my, my folks are in the process of doing this, and my dad told me that um, that apparently it is law that the state of Minnesota has to buy your unused uh, power from you. That's apparently oh. a state law. Oh, so now I've got an huh. expert, your dad. Yeah, my folks are doing <laughs> it, yes. Oh, good, because um, my bill for... The last bill I received for power, $238. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. 
Uh-huh. Huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. You, uh, so they're 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 going through that process as we speak. Yep. Oh, I'm uh I'm gonna be calling your dad. Yeah. Cool. The U.S. is recommending a pause in using the single-dose Johnson & Johnson COVID-19 vaccine to investigate reports of potentially dangerous blood clots. Uh. In a joint, joint statement Tuesday, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention in the Food and Drug Administration said that they were uh, investigating six women who had blood clots that occurred 6 to 13 days after the vaccination. Now, this is, uh, uh, in terms of percentage... So they're investigating six cases, and so far there's been almost 7 million doses of the J&J vaccine that have been administered in the U.S. That means your percentage mm. of clots. And I want you to know I did not do this math. I stole this from somebody uh, online. Uh, Ryan, remember so. Ryan who used to work with the Wild, Chris? Yeah, yeah. for he, sure. He put, he put this out there. The percentage is 0. 0.00000088. So That's uh, pretty easy for you and Ryan to discount the lives of six uh, females. Well, uh, one one person has died and, and one person. Why do you hate what my grandma, person? John? Yeah, what, what do you have against women and blood clots, what John? Is, what is wrong with you people? Uh, John, I, I don't know if you mentioned this part <laughs> of it. I know you did announce the that uh, Brooklyn Center police officer Kim Potter has resigned. Also, yeah. police chief Tim Gannon has also resigned. Oh, has he now? Interesting. Yeah, I saw that coming yesterday during uh, the press conference. He was very troubled. So uh, really, really felt for him. We already got rid of the, uh, what was it, the county or the city manager? City manager. Police yep. chief officer in a matter of 24 hours. Yep. Okay. Uh, getting rid of the police uh, chief, uh, do you guys place any blame on his shoulders for what went down? I don't. I think what the reason he decided, personally, I guarantee he decided to resign after what he had to do at that press conference yesterday. He just do said, think, bleep it. He said, bleep it, do, I'm done. Do you think he decided to resign? Just curious. Uh, do you think well, that's he, a good point. he was asked to resign? That's a good point. Uh, um, I, I don't know. I Honestly, just, though, because I, you know, we played the audio on the show yesterday, and I could see his face during that. I, I, this was a guy that was just, he'd had enough, you yeah, know? Yeah. So, but yeah. I don't know, John. That's a good point. I, maybe he was told that he should probably resign. I did hear that audio, uh, Chris. Those were not reporters. Those were activists. Those were not yeah. reporters that were asking those questions. Right. Okay. You guys presented uh, them as media. They were not media. Well, the, I guess the only reason I said that is they were at the press conference, and I couldn't see them. I have no was, idea. Well, who it was. as Tom Tom told us, uh, there was a ton of people yesterday in two press conferences that were. Activists, not media. Right. Yeah, they had and no those people asking there. those questions were media. Yeah. We lost, uh, was it Harto? Was that her name? Yeah. Janae. Yeah. Janae Harto. Yeah. After uh, Damon, right? After Damon was killed. Um, was that the incident? I, I, I believe you're, well, I don't want to I'll look it up. I'll look she it was up. out of, if I remember right, very sketchy memory here. Um, I believe she was out of town when all of this went yes, down. Yes, I do remember yep, that part. Yep, it. you're right. Yep, that's exactly it. Exactly. Yeah. A new study finds gum disease itself could be a sign that someone is at risk for dementia. Uh, there's bad bacteria in your gums that shows a connection to one of the key biomarkers in Alzheimer's disease. Mm. Our researchers say they'll be doing more research. They think uh, the obvious things will help you out in this situation. Brush your teeth twice a day and get your teeth cleaned regularly mm, i'll talk to you guys tomorrow i'm gonna go home i gotta i got a thing i'm gonna brush these things brush your choppers 
Yeah. Those are choppers. Uh, Minneapolis Police Chief Janae Harteau resigned on July 21st of 2017 in the wake of the Justine Damon shooting. You Thank go. you. Mm-hmm. After several years at number two and one year at number three since the inception of the Best Countries Report, Canada finally climbed the number one spot in the sixth edition of U.S. News & World Report's annual rankings of countries released Tuesday morning. Why? <laughs> they ranked first both in the quality of life and social purpose sub-rankings, mean that it's seen as a stable and safe society in which individuals can develop and prosper and is open, fair, and equitable. Most of the countries that ranked highest for 2021 uh, come from Western Europe, but Australia, New Zealand, and Japan, which is ranked number two overall, also appeared in the top 10. Uh, if you're wondering, the U.S. was number six. The top 10 goes Canada, Japan, Germany, Switzerland, Australia, U.S., New Zealand, United Kingdom, Sweden, and the Nether Netherlands. Even the Krauts beat us. Uh, isn't Canada just mostly a bunch of commies up there? And <laughs> it's still winter up there too, right? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, the snow flies until July 4th up there. Come on, give me a break. I only know one fella, uh, buddy John Sharkman, who loves it up there. Says it's, yeah, it's an amazing place. Uh, I have so. a distant relative that lives in Winnipeg and absolutely loves it. Absolutely loves it up there. Smokes a lot of weed. Oh, though, a right? ton. Baked <laughs> yeah. every day. Yeah. You yeah. know why America You know why America is better though, John, than than Canada? Why? We have a Grundhoffers. Old there you fashioned go. meats. Right there. there you go. Winner, winner, Grundhoffer for dinner. And <laughs> I, I have a highly placed mole who I just texted with that knows where the new location is, and I am not oh, allowed to say. No. I am not where? allowed to say. Nope, I can't. Oh, I'm not allowed so, to say. Is it is it close to me? I am not allowed to say. Uh, Grunhoffer's Old Fashioned Meats, we are all fans, of course, here in Garage Logic. Uh, and I have issued the watch, which may turn into a warning later on this week, because I am completely out of meatloaf, and that absolutely needs to change. Uh, I rated them. I, I still love the original the best. The Tomball Meatloaf is second, and the Minnesota Meatloaf with the wild rice is, uh, is right behind it. But I love their meatloaf. It's fantastic. The brats, everything else. Kenny... You uh, eat the salmon in the can, truck. Can you uh, can you do me a favor since Joe isn't here to shout me down and call me a ridiculous slob and sure. a fool and sure. hillbilly and all that? When you go up there, could you just grab me a couple of packs of that salmon and leave it at sure. work in the refrigerator? Absolutely. Because that's I, I, I'm not joking and I'm not playing it up here. That stuff is amazing. It really is. It really is. And the problem is too, uh, you know, you go in there, you 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 get your loot, you head back. We almost need to establish. You know, a rotation of who's going to make the grunt run. But the only problem is none of you guys come in anymore. I never right. see you guys right. anymore. So, so it's you. It's, it's you. Grunhoffer's Old Fashioned Meats at the north end of Hugo on Highway 61, Johnny Height. Uh, last week, uh, late in the week, we lost uh, a, a comedy writer who, well, a lot of us grew up with the, the stuff she wrote. Ann Beats, a groundbreaking comedy writer with a taste for sweetness and weirdness was one of the original staffers of Saturday Night Live, later created the cult sitcom Square Pegs, died at the age of 74. Uh, starting in 1975 and running for five seasons, she was among the team of gifted writers that created Saturday Night Live. Uh, with her friend Rosie Schuster, she would invent uh, a lot of folk characters that we all love. The beloved Young Nerds, uh, played by Gilda Radner and Bill Murray, yep. uh, Lisa, Lisa Lupner and yep. Todd. 
She yeah. created them. Uh, the Dan Aykroyd character, Fred Garvin, male oh. prostitute. Oh, cool. She created that. The Aykroyd shady toy salesman, Erwin Mainway, who sold, yes. among other things, bags of glass. Ba- bag of glass. <laughs> God, that was such a great bit. <laughs> uh, they created that character, and she was responsible for many of the ad parodies on the early SNL, including, uh, you might remember this was my favorite, the one, uh, the item that would help housewives get all their work done in the day before the husband came home. That was speed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Taking little white pills. <laughs> no cause of death was given for Ann Beach. She was 74. Uh, and I did not know this. Uh, she had written for National Lampoon in 1970, also the magazine. Really? Uh, oh. which, which was a very... Um, wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, National Lampoon had a magazine? Oh, God, that's yeah. How, that's how it started. Oh, started. really? I did, I did not know that. Yeah. It, was, uh, it was not for the faint-hearted. Uh, my favorite. I wonder if I can do this. Well, the best here. comedy is supposed uh, to push the envelope. That's that's the whole no, point. It was pompous. It was pompous and smug comedy. Oh, it, it was, was the dirty side <laughs> of the New Yorker comedy style comedy. Okay, you know well, the, the here's, magazine. Yeah. Here's one of the things, and I'm not going to laugh because I don't want to say if it was funny or not. But here's one I remember. It was a picture in the Senate of Tip O'Neill and Ted Kennedy. Tip O'Neill was whisper, or uh, yeah, Tip O'Neill was whispering in Ted's ear. And the, the caption just said, bang, just kidding, Teddy. That's the kind of thing they did. <laughs> wow. See? I'm, I'm not laughing. You're laughing. <laughs> I am. Wow. <laughs> and that would have been, you know, two years after, you know, his second brother. had. Can you shot, imagine so. if someone attempted to do that today? Oh, you'd be. Yeah, you'd be. Holy crap. <laughs> well, Jeez. some would say that when she left SNL, that's when it stopped being funny yeah, well uh, we know you, a guy that says that do you remember uh kenny chris you wouldn't you're too young do you remember square pegs kenny oh, uh yeah i do but i did not watch it but yes i yeah, mostly remember was, the theme song square pegs square pegs square pegs yeah 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 a very good show only lasted i think about a year and a half only 20 episodes or so but uh very it was very also about show. nerds too it was about nerds in high school and start a very young sarah jessica parker very yes. she was still a teenager huh. so. yep yep uh, people in Houston, Texas may notice something different about the way their pizza is delivered this week. Domino's announced the launch of its auton- uh, autonomous pizza delivery. They partnered with Nuro. The pizza chain said some of its customers will now be able to choose to have their pizza delivered by an R2 robot. It's completely autonomous <laughs> on-road vehicle. That means there won't be a delivery driver to greet you at the door. The robot will drive to your address, you, then you'll get a pin to retrieve your order. So in other words, you walk out, you type in whatever, four, eight, you know, six, so nine. do you tip the robot? No, oh, you cheap bastard. You don't have to tip it anymore. <laughs> well, you would have, you'd tipped when you buy it, right? You'd tip the cooks. Yeah, that's how it goes. <laughs> Can he? No, it, it is. I, I, that's yeah. how you do it. Yeah. 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 Uh, by the way, I, uh, I, yeah. I saw a photo, and I do not recall, it was on Twitter, and I do not recall where it was taking place, but there was a bunch of Domino delivery bikes. I'm assuming it was outside of a Domino's location. Uh-huh. And they were all tipped over, and someone's, the caption was, anyone catch the irony? Get it? The Domino's bikes were all oh, tipped over. Took like, me a minute. Yeah. Kenny? Okay, that's a good one. What else you got, Kenny Johnny? Did, <laughs> Kenny didn't like that one. Um, <laughs> in Iowa... Uh, you know, kid, uh, the kids' cars. I'm sure your kids have them, Chris. Little uh, battery-powered things. You know, oh, you yeah, charge, yes. charge them up. You step on the thing. In Shell Rock, Iowa, 
a woman took one to the grocery store. <laughs> Video taken by a passerby what? shows the woman. Yeah, she drove it to the grocery store from her house. With the plastic wheels? Yeah. yeah. Like a pink Jeep or a... It, what, you, you, did you read this story already? It no. was a pink Jeep Wrangler. A, a huh. miniature pink Jeep Wrangler. Yeah. Uh, she, she walked into the store, bought two small items, put them in the very tiny trunk, and took off. And this whole thing was recorded by a fellow who was getting gas at a nearby gas station. Happened uh -huh. on April 3rd. Uh, the unnamed driver who videotaped it said he spotted the unusual scene, saying he was putting gas in his truck at the local Quick Star. Said, I looked over, I saw an adult pulling the parking lot, driving a child's power I, wheels. Ex, go ahead. I, I was going to say, I actually have audio describing this woman. Uh, yeah. Above the crazy line, we have <laughs> the <you>. danger zone. <laughs> this is your redheads, your strippers, anyone named Tiffany hairdressers this is where your car gets keyed mm -hmm. you get a bunny in the pot your tires get slashed and you wind up in jail <laughs> so, you, uh, yeah before mocking her i'm trying to run down all the reasons why i'll be criticized tomorrow when we find out uh, that she was a Gulf War veteran and doesn't have, oh, you know, one leg man. is shorter no. than the other, no, or no, she an ankle fine. is broken, or she's morbidly obese, or she something not, like that. No, she was not. Because generally, you can walk as fast as those things can no, go. Well, I was going to ask you as soon as we started talking again, couldn't you walk there quicker than driving yeah. in one of those yes. cars? Yes, you could. Uh, she had nothing visibly wrong with her, Kenny, physically. I so it's complete video. laziness is what it is. Or maybe she just thought she was John, a uh, since John's not, uh, since Joe isn't here, I'll ask uh, the, the question sure. Joe, Joe would yeah. ask. Is she hot? No, Joe <laughs> that's the, that's Sure that's he right, would. That's Roycey. <laughs> oh, is that's she, uh, Is she a big girl? <laughs> no, usually the, the question Joe asks when you can tell he really, really does not like a story that John will bring up during the newscast is he'll say, I wonder why this one made the news. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like. I, I like kinda, now. Uh, kind of wondering that myself. Actually. Now that we can we can see each other on camera, I like when I read a story like that. I'll look, and Joel will just be sitting there with his his elbows on his knees and his head down, and I can tell. Yeah, Joel doesn't like this. And one. I'm and I'm pointing at my wrist my wristwatch. <laughs> yep. Uh, in one more, Johnny. Yeah, sure. Yeah, let's I want to leave. Me, We've done find, enough. Yeah, let let's wrap find it up. A good one. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go with this one. In, in Salisbury, North Carolina, a man accidentally shot himself inside the Food Lion grocery store on Friday night. According to police, the 46-year-old man was inside the store in the bread aisle when something caused a handgun tucked into the waistband of his pants to uh, fire. Uh, a witness said, I, I turned around and saw him grab his crotch and run to the front of the store. It scared the crap out of me and some other shoppers, people heading to the exit as fast as possible. Police said the man reported the shooting to someone working at the store. Uh, no word on the man's injuries, although the witnesses did say they saw some blood on his pants. What a shot it off, huh? Well... That's a, right. that's a rough way to go, John. That's a rough way to go. <laughs> hey, uh, but let me remind you, GLers, that Sioux Falls has what your business needs to make a fresh start. Fewer taxes, less regulation, business regulation, that is, and higher profits along with build-ready sites and available buildings to set you up and running fast. Now is a great time for you to check out SiouxFallsDevelopment.com. Nice job, dum-dums. Uh... This wasn't my idea, so don't send me any hate mail. Send it to somebody else. <laughs> send everything show. to Jay Height at garagelogic.com. <laughs> no. This it's wasn't my idea. <laughs>
I never check my email, so go ahead. <laughs> we'll catch you tomorrow. It's that time here in Garage Logic where we check in with our guy, Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold. GLers, do not wait another minute. Call Mr. Money Talk today for that free 48 minute financial consultation with zero obligation. And you can do so by calling 952 925 5608. When you call that number, you get Josh. You also get straight talk. You're never going to get sugar coated advice. And Josh is on the line with us right now. Josh, fly me to the moon. How do you like that? Fly me to the moon. Chris, there are numerous companies right now that want to fly you to the moon. We've got uh, Virgin Galactic wants the people to get involved in the space program. You've got Tesla and SpaceX program. You have Jeff Bezos of favorite Amazon has his Blue Origin program. I'm not sure that people are ready necessarily to fly to the moon, but they might be ready to fly, we'll say to Las Vegas or fly to Miami, fly to San Diego. Definitely, there are a lot of people getting ready to fly someplace given the vaccine rollout, pretty much success of the vaccine rollout. Despite an issue today, uh, FDA and the CDC putting a pause on Johnson Johnson's vaccine because of, I'll say, an incident relating to blood clots in women several weeks after they have taken the Johnson Johnson vaccine. Now, the market has, market measured by the Dow Jones, has come down on that news as Johnson & Johnson is a Dow participant. At this point, the Johnson & Johnson vaccine makes up less than 5% of the vaccines given, and it is believed that the vaccines from Pfizer and Moderna uh, will be able to make up the slack on this until J&J is able to resolve the issue. That said, Jet Blue, Spirit Airlines, Booking.com all got upgrades today on the potential of people getting back on, back in the air. Heck, even local Sun Country, which came public a few weeks ago, has continued to see its shares bid up, currently trading at $40 a share. Favorite Caesars uh, CEO has said that their bookings for the late summer and into fall are very strong indeed. Las Vegas definitely is going to come back. Now, many of the companies have already been bid up, but some of the bidding up has to do with online gambling being passed in in several states. So I definitely like casino-related companies. Bookings.com, very interesting. And if bookings looks good, maybe check out Speedia as well. Very good report, Josh. And GLers, take it from me you can trust Josh. Do yourself a favor and get in touch with Mr. Money Talk today. Call him for that free 48-minute financial consultation with absolutely zero obligation. Call him at 952-925-5608. Trust is often overused, but it's even harder to find. You can trust Josh. Once again, Josh, thank you so much for the time and the chat, and we'll talk to you again in a couple of days. You got it. Thanks very much, Chris. Investment advisor services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a registered advisor in the state of Minnesota. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk.